0: Is the Holes of the Mark show. And today I am talking to Maria Smith Smith, I hope I got that right, former and pres founder and president of Haunted Journeys. Maria is inspired right in the community collaboration with the paranormal field to enhance public awareness of science for the paranormal investigations within the realm of parapsychological studies. High in Maria's focus the world's chief lies is historical preservation, declaring a haunting is history seeking to be heard. As a registered nurse, her experiences with after death have heightened it, working with geronimo, oh might got that wrong, and the death and dying stages of life. Later, as an operator of one of the most haunted inns in Florida. Her curiosity for scientific approaches are further intensified. With enthusiasm and relentless drive to research the mystery with metaphorical best practices, she commissioned a formal propagation for National Ghost Hunting Day and and its associated largest ghost hunt event. From here, she... Join forces with seasoned para scientist Brian Kano to offer his this global base of investigators, as scientific collaborators, carburet, to, to the latest collective consciousness variant ever documented, named the And hi, Maria. And how are you? Oh, very well, Mark. Thank you so much for
1: having me on.
0: Well, I'm a little bit more interested about the National Ghost Day. How did you come up with the concept? You know, I like to
1: think a little bit out of the box. And, um, as you mentioned, my husband and I own the haunted journeys. And haunted journeys do need for more representation of haunted properties. Um, Especially here in America, where a lot of Haunted properties are old historical buildings that don't get a lot of attention, you know, and they fall out of commission, you know, they, they go off the sale, they get tumbled down. Americans are not as, as, um, as bright as the European market in preserving history through their buildings. We knock them down and build brand new, splashy, glassy buildings, and about the heritage that we, we, we knock over. So, I, you know, my husband and I are loving history, loving historical sites, and loving those stories behind that. And, of course, listening to the wonderful ghost stories that accompany these um, historical buildings, we decided that we wanted to do something very special. And so, um, we started National Ghost Hunting Day, It's always, on the last Saturday. A friend of mine, a colleague, and a wonderful mentor. His name is Brian Cano. Brian used to be with Haunted Collector and a wonderful parapsychologist. And I love to open to brain and find out because he's so, he looks outside the box like I do. He said, Mamia, why are you stopping in America? There's so many wonderful ghost hunting teams. And, and haunted properties around the world. And I go, Brian, I've never done this before. And to go from just doing it in America to the whole world, it's quite a, a challenge and quite, a, you know, a, quite an order to take. And so he persuaded me. He offered me some properties that he, he had some good contacts out in, especially in the U.K. and Australia, where he did a lot of international seeking. That was year one of of 2016. We started out with 70 teams um, back then in five countries. This year, we've tripled the amount amount of countries. Now we're in 15 countries. And we also double that numbers. So we're in 150, um, 150 teams around the world. So extremely exciting, extremely Uh, in a normal paranormal investigation, and it's because of the collective consciousness effect that all these all two these working together uh,
0: create. Maria, have you had any personal experience in the paranormal? Um
1: And more so since I've been working with it. I'm much more sensitive to it. Um, as you mentioned in my bio, um, and thank you for doing that, um, my husband and I operated one of the most haunted inns in the state of Florida. It was called the Seven Sisters Inn. It, it had a lot of... Um, you know, he was very famous for his hauntings, very active, extremely active. And I have seen heard, felt, experienced and prankster um, activity. Um, there was not a single day that we spent at the Seven Sisters Inn, and a teen, a, um, actually a 19th century Victorian building in Florida. Um, there was not a day that we did not experience some type of evidence of communication.
0: what do you think ghosts are?
1: You know, that's a fascinating question, um, because there is no answer. Um, I do believe that there's many different types of ghosts slash slash entities we choose to do. Those are names that we have given these, these um, souls that have lived or you know, have um, had a tour of season here in, in, the, in, in the earth and then have died and gone on. Um, as a nurse, I have seen the transition of death and dying into spirit, and I have also validated that there is a continuity of, um, of existence between what we know as is spirit or a ghost. Um, I am not smart enough, or I don't believe anybody is smart enough to know the exact definition of, of what happens to the soul, the ghost, the spirit. Um, I do know that they do, want, they do sometimes want to communicate with us, and they make their presence known. Some would rather just be on their own you know and, and don't communicate with us so i do believe that there is a level of interaction in where our two dimensions meet at some point interesting enough when brian Cano helped us on the first two years of the world's life World discussion we conducted an experiment called um, um the bridge and what the bridge did was a place where the Seren and us humans met. We went to the bridge, and that is a, a dimension that we, that is very unclear. That a lot of us have not been able to experience and come back and report on it. You know, um, there are stories of people coming back and telling about the white light, etc.
0: But
1: that continues to be one of the biggest mysteries of our lifetimes.
0: Well, I have a theory. No, it's not a new theory. I don't think so, anyway. Well, I've got two theories. The first being that I think our paranormal abilities come from early men. Now, I'll explain this a little bit. Because early men had to be heightened senses at the time he lived in because he had to be aware of nature and, the, and the way, what was surrounding him at the time. And I think part of that Is still in our brain. And my second feeling, and this is a little bit more controversial, I think that God is schizophrenic. He's good
1: and evil. That
0: is controversial, isn't it? Yes, I... I explain it a little bit. Because... As you know, in the Bible, I'm not quoting it word for word, but it does say that we are made in God's image. And if we are made in God's image, we are both good and evil. I mean that's not a very scientific explanation, and I could be probably wrong, I uh, admit if I'm wrong, people, because I don't mind. But that's my theories. Yes. And those theories um,
1: were sort of all these, what's the word, researches that we did. Because research has to be based on um, uh, on, on a theory, correct? Correct. Oh, good, research. good research is based on good theories. You have to start with a theory before you... Into research activity. Those hunting by itself is not research, it's a mark.
0: Those hunting with a purpose to to prove or disprove a theory is research. That's good research. So, yes. And, you know, you said that you do. um you like to do connect your with um, historic, uh, keeping the historical buildings alive and with, with the haunting. Is that because some of them are in, an, in a dilapidated state, or you wish to keep them in a in, like we have over here in the UK, like a Grade One, Grade Two kind of condition?
1: Yes, yes, and that's a very good question. We have, at least let's talk about the, you know, the the properties that we have listed this year, they're everywhere from those that are well conditioned, well taken care of, well supported, but they're always at risk, because if that support diminishes, so does the, the preservation efforts for that building, some of them are really, truly in need. Funding, um, and so, and then there's in between. There's something in between that they they have they, got some solidity, but they're at a very high risk of getting to a point. Um, I do. There's a particular um, site in India, for instance, that is completely abandoned and completely in disarray. Uh, the funding is there going to the city to help maintain. Um, but I'm not sure that will ever come. So, depending on what what, you know, what country they sit on, or even in the states, what state they belong to, because each state has a different level of interest in, in historical preservation. Um, so, yes, they all, need, they all need some kind of support. And they all
0: the and that's of what we do. I think well, that most paranormal groups are both doing the psychic and the scientific end as well now. It's becoming more and more prevalent. Yes. Do you think it's important to have both? Excellent question. Um,
1: uh, in agreement with you, uh, when we started doing a lot of our work you know, five years ago, um, it was like oil and vinegar. Uh, getting metaphysical workers, light workers, with paranormal investigators, scientists, oil and vinegar. Um, now you see that they almost need each other. Um, the, the light workers need the science to validate their perceptions. Than uh, the scientists need the validation or whatever be, uh, uh, the contribution of the light worker. Um, we, with the World's of the Hunt, insist and make it a requirement to have a light worker. Uh, in fact, the director of, or the navigator, who I call him my orchestra leader. For the world's largest ghost hunt, because this is all being navigated from one place, a command center in my hometown, and he is going to try to help everyone to sort of orchestrate their hunt together. He is a, um, a very well respected medium and psychic, um, Scotty Ward, and Scotty will insist that a metaphysical Lightworker is involved with each and every one of the investigations. And it's for multiple reasons. Number one, they offer validation and they offer um, a sort of a different take on data and something. Another reason, I'll take that back up to two reasons. And the third reason, the second reason is to the communication, because they will enhance. A metaphysical worker does enhance um, communication with, with the dead. Um, and the, the, the third reason is protection, extremely important, because what we have noted as as opened and as escalated as the energy as will be on the world's life on, our vulnerability for negativity is also enhanced. So, we need that protection that um, our lightworkers are so
0: experienced and so good in offering us. Well, when you mention the term lightworkers, I always think of the series Touched by an Angel. Yes. Is there a correction?
1: I like to use the word lightworker because... Um, I feel like they, they work with energy and light, um, so it has no connection to the actual show, which I enjoyed watching in you know, my earlier years. Um, I use that as some people don't like to use word psychics, others don't like to use word mediums, some of them are um, more imputives, um, so there's all these different names, and I think lightworkers are the ones that capture all
0: levels of one of the Do you think that well, during the Victorian days death was embraced quite, you could go and talk about it quite easily because obviously Queen Victoria Victorian and Prince Albert dying had, had it like a year, couple of years of mourning so that's why it was prevalent. Do you think we talk about it less now as a taboo subject or more? Uh,
1: death. Um, I, I think it's talked about more on the scientific end. Um, I think it's, there's more of a, uh, a scientific approach to a life or well, then there is, uh, you know, then embracing death. Um, you know, I'm a student of, of uh, several uh, scientists that worked a lot with uh, death and dying processes and um, as a nurse and um, working with hospice, et cetera. So uh, I, I think death is so a mystery. I don't know if it's every culture has its own way of celebrating or mourning death. Um, so, I think Americans tend to do things faster and quicker, so they don't mourn for a, a good long period of time, but I, I think that's very culturally influenced and influenced by belief systems as well.
0: Um, uh, yes, um, now you said, you, as you said, mentioned, you were as a nurse. Now, when you was nursing, I used to be in mental health and special needs, and you could pick up a sense of the patient if they were going to kick off or they had a bad day or such like. Could you sense that when a person was going to die they had like a very yeah. good day like they just say they was yeah. low or very ill but I believe and I could be wrong that everybody has like a very good one good yeah. day that they yeah. can yeah. spend with their loved ones yeah.
1: In that, in, in before they die, they actually have, in my opinion, out of body experiences. Like they come in and out of their bodies. Um, I, I do believe that, especially with a group of folks that, I, that we took care of, um, because their cognition was so diminished. They didn't have any, any you know, the, um, constraints like for persons that have good cognition uh, I, have, yeah, I do find do have periods where they become a little bit more lucid more peaceful um, I, you might have seen that more with your population I, I saw that sometimes not, not always but I always there a period where out of body experience was witnessed or well uh, I was pretty
0: uh, I was mentioning this when I w- was in mental health I had to deal with a lady who was dying She was in the room and as she died yeah. you could sense that something had left her now I can't explain yeah. that I can't you know I felt as if something the soul yeah. as we would call it had gone. I could be wrong, but that's what I felt at the time.
1: I think you're on it. I think you're 100% accurate on that. I have probably witnessed over 100 deaths in my time as a nurse. Um, And I will tell you that and I used to, in my early years as a nurse, I used to work in the delivery. Helping the babies come into our world. And the one, I've always said this, that being in a natural room with someone dying is as chilling as, as, uh, as watching a child womb. And it's almost like you have, but reciprocal. You feel energy of the room, you feel the exchange of life, whether the life is coming to us or from us. You feel that, you feel that vacancy or you feel that of one being filled when that child is born. Um, it's, uh, It's very intense. what do you think of reincarnation
0: because I'm not too sure about it I'm not either I'm not either um but I'm very
1: open to the idea
0: I'm very open to the idea it I explains a lot of things that we don't understand doesn't it Mark? And, uh, I mean I suppose what could happen is because I mean I could be wrong in this theory as well I believe that for every time that someone dies the soul moves on and when a a new life is brought in, part of that soul may go to that new, not completely, but bits of it it. so that bit is kept in the memory somewhere, and sometimes it's triggered by something yes I think that's what deja vu could be. I know that's not scientific, but they have done a lot of scientific research into deja vu, but they still haven't given any conclusive evidence each way. I agree. Um, how do
1: you explain? I mean, I've seen a lot of. I've read a lot about children that. Are
0: very accurate in you know, some historical um, details that they would never have known unless they were reincarnated really from that side of his- history, you know, on a personal level. So yes, yes. Now, well, as I mentioned again about the soul, um, I know that when they do, um. The, is it coroners when they um, do an autopsy? Now there is always a, I think it's a 20 gram difference in the body that they cannot explain. I think I might remember, I'm not too sure. That's very interesting. We well, don't know a lot it natural
1: dehydration. Actually, uh, start. I don't want to call it evaporating, but you actually the body starts disintegrating and gases are expelled, etc. That have some weight, you know. To, um, so yeah, I've heard that I've heard about. In fact, um, there was someone quite famous and studied that um, for a long time that might be where you have your figures from but um, a lot can be explained by that.
0: Um, I, I don't know if the soul has weight. I, I don't know. Um, I, that's an interesting you know. conclusion. I, I, I just, I'm not convinced 100% that the soul has weight. I, I saw a film the other day called The Philip Experiment. Basically, it was a, a scientist set up a fake person who died and they called him Philip I can't remember the last name at the moment but basically they set a proper history for him a proper profile how he died etc and then they got a group of people in and first off they was only allowed to ask, uh, like, knock on a table, like, like, ask a question, and, and it would be like one knock for yes, one, two knocks for no. But the only questions they could ask was to do with the history that they gave them, but that didn't seem to get any reaction. So what they did then was set it up like a proper seance... And then they they believe that something happened, but the, the report itself said it was inconclusive. But they reckon that either that some people may have been influenced or there may have been someone, another ghost there that wasn't obviously not Philip, because obviously Philip didn't exist. Yes, yeah, yes. And that's what's so intriguing about
1: what we do, isn't it? One is there is so much uh, mystery involved um, that people just don't understand. Um, we can come up with these very intelligently crafted theories, but until they're proven, they, they're just serious.
0: Well, that's why, like we said earlier, about the theory world if you're wrong, fine you know, there's nothing wrong with that it's good to have a theory and do a little bit of research and study it and look into it because if that theory's proven wrong you can move on and say, yes, I've looked into it this is my conclusions and most people will come up with their own conclusions anyway uh, oh, I'm, I'm dealing an experiment with someone, basically, um, when we watch a movie, I'll use John Wayne as an example, because obviously he's a good example to use, now John Wayne has been dead a very long time, but we, we accept that we're watching him, but technically we are watching a ghost. So we're going to try and set up an experiment and see if we can get any EVPs from a film. Oh, that oh. Is very interesting. From someone who has died. And the lady who's going to help me is called Emily Men's House St- Stakely from Frick and Frack Paranormal.
1: very interesting
0: because that is a remnant of their existence right that's reporting it's almost like saying it's almost like a residual awning um what I captured on film I just thought about it the other day I thought we accept it and we don't even question it yeah right and so I don't engage on my new design because it's one obvious one but Obviously, there's lots more. But I just thought, I wonder... I mean, I don't know if we'll, if we'll get anything, but I just thought it was an interesting research. Perhaps we could do a little bit more. Everyone could join in Perhaps you could have a go, Maria. a yeah, very, um, intriguing experiment, for sure. As you know, we, ghosts. we, ghosts, You cannot guarantee any reaction. They don't just suddenly appear on cue. They can be uncorruptive sometimes. Right. you right. right. And there's
1: so many, I mean, there's a theory that, um, like uh, digital recordings, see you know what we call EVPs are remnants of our thought process. And um, So uh, we listen to our own thoughts and words on uh, a like digital recorder that's able to capture these thoughts. I mean, there's so much and it's because it's, you know, we don't have a mechanism to prove this.
0: I've I've never seen anything or heard anything but sometimes I get very strange smells the other day I had a very strong smell of death like something was dying it wouldn't leave me for a a good two minutes and it was strange it was and I don't know why I got that it's there's someone was trying to warn me or something I don't know but it could be as I say I do suffer from um, I have got mild small vessel disease of the brain which affects my cognitive skills like memory and speech and stuff like that so I do it could be that as well I have some wonderful weed and wonderful thoughts sometimes Maria (laughs)
1: I'm
0: I'm I'm learning more and more as I get into the paranormal field I'm learning more and more about how people do their investigations how some people are more willing to talk about what they do than others some like to just self-promote a little bit which is okay I don't mind that but I like to be a bit in, in depth as well I don't know what you think about that Maria no, you know it's very good questions by the way I'm, I'm going to tell you Um you know I, and, and, I, and I feel honoured because I feel like
1: you're asking these questions. like I have answers to them as an as um, expert or I absolutely not an expert. Um, I, I, do, I don't have an opinion on that for sure um, because of, I've not been you know, challenged myself with that. Um, tell me a little bit about what, what are your thoughts on it? I'd like to hear that because you, you bring up some very interesting
0: it also makes for sure it's well, because I used to work in mental health I can, and I used to talk to the mental health patients well I call them people they're not patients, they're people but you learn to talk to them when he was lucid and you could have very intelligent conversations which is, a lot of people cannot understand that they keep saying to me Oh, no, surely not. And I said, well, no. You do, You just think madness is just like 24-7, like, rambling and whatever, but they do have very lucid moments where you can ask incitive questions. So that's where the skill came from that. And my opinion is, I think that we should all try to get on as much as possible. We're all doing the same job at the end of the day. And I think if, if we all joined into to, like, like, all gave each other in bits of information of all the research that we've done, you don't have to give it all away, but, you know, you can just say, oh, this is what I found, what do you think? And you probably will get a lot more feedback. You probably think, oh, yes, we come across that.
1: experience is that a lot of people do not like sharing that information. It becomes almost proprietary to them. Um, and there, there have been a lot of attempts to try to gather data from multitudes of levels from these criminal investigation teams, but it, it has failed because they turn not to. not to quickly give up that, that evidence or data and I'm not sure why I mean, I'm not
0: sure why it becomes almost from higher tier to them well, I, I'm also a member of um, Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers which I do a podcast for as well and then I joined them because they have the ethos that we are all family and we are all want. Which I like. And as I say, you know, I think sometimes we, as you say, people don't want to give things away, but how can you learn? How can you not? if If you're keeping something back, you can't learn. I agree.
1: I agree. Um, I think it's nice, like um, we'll a little deep on here, and then I'm going to bring it back to the wall side Sorry. I mentioned the word proprietary. Um, they feel like it's proprietary, that they own it. Um, they want to put their stamp on it. They want that to be their. I don't want to say claim to fame, but your token of... they get done, and that is what sets them apart and sets them differently. Um, a lot of paranormal investigators, and I'm sure there's, I, I'm not saying the majority are, I'm just saying some, some paranormal investigators tend to have the sense of, I, I, we are the experts We've done this for twenty years. Uh, we know the answers, and we're not going to give it away to others. That you know, basically, just for a t-shirt, a black t-shirt last year, and they don't want to. They don't want to have their evidence ringboard other evidence or contribute to other evidence. Um, it, it's, and I think it stays a little bit on ego. And I know that sounds harsh. Risk of sounding a little I think we have too much especially in the United States a little bit too much ego uh, interfering with the art and science of paranormal investigation and that is one reason why they've got this proprietary you know feeling about maintaining your evidence and not sharing it Last year, when we did our investigation in 2017, we we asked all the contributors, all the teams that we were investigating, to capture words, whether it's through um, the ghost boxes or through the recorders, digital recorders, or through the voices or perceptions of of mediums and psychics. And one of the questions said, of was, how do we best communicate, and no one, not one team knew what the other team was experienced. We had not merged this data together, and we merged it, which is pretty phenomenal in itself, to merge this kind of data between so many teams, and we merged the data, we merged all the O-N-E-N-E-S-S. So being as one was the best the way to communicate with them. And then the second terminology or words they used, and this is that repeated many, many times around many teams and they did not know they were hearing this simultaneously, was the word no ego. And I, I sat back and I said, this is not just a message from paranormal investigators. This is a, this is Spirit telling us that in what we do, to be best at it, to be more successful, is to let go of our egos. And I thought that was a pretty phenomenal discovery. You were saying that this is something that is very unscientific, and the answer is, you're right. You know, we had different conditions, different participants, different locations. We didn't have enough value to to secure that as being the main, the main answer from spirit. But Daniel, that's what they said. And you that we got back. I, I was appalled. I was absolutely my mouth
0: just fell. And I said the street is telling I'm going to to let all of our egos. Leave the, the ego at the door. Well, I'm going to definitely do something for Ghost Hunt Day. It probably won't be a ghost hunt because I can't actually do one because of my disabilities. My wife is disabled as well, so it'd be a bit hard for me. But I'm going to do a couple of ghost stories related from the UK. I would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. And would you like to mention the date again for the listeners so they can perhaps they would like to contribute as well?
1: September ninth. It is um, it's actually it, it, in the UK, it would probably be September 30th into the mornings.
0: I believe that it is 10 o'clock in New York, it's going to be probably be in most of the UK. We're at a five hour difference. Is that right, Mark? Yes, well, um, I'm, uh, at the moment, as we're speaking, it's 43 minutes past midnight.
1: Um, and it's um, yeah, it's forty three minutes after seven o'clock of my time. So we're exactly five hours apart right now. Um, so on National Girls Hunting Day when it's ten o'clock time, it's gonna be three o'clock in the morning in Europe. So it's a tall order to ask. Um, right now I, I do I, I do ask if there's anyone listening that has a solid and incredibly uh, non-eotistical tune uh, that love the work of historical preservation and love to hear the voices of spirit. I will tell you that you're going to have a phenomenal evening. There is no doubt that the evidence and the energy that you will experience
0: when the whole world comes together at the very same moment to talk with spirit, it is enhanced. Well, I think that when we have Armistice um, Day, you know, when we respect the when people that died in World War Wars and whatever, it's strange how the world just stops just for those two minutes. And I think that is a very good feat of humankind that people don't realise that we're doing. They don't realise the energy that it projects. Yes. This, uh, this will be our third year running, and this will be our third year that we have
1: cyclical research center of laverkirche in mexico actually measuring what they call random number generators around the world and on both years in 2016 and 2017 he recorded a shift in energy as produced with national goods day on the world's largest side they actually measured the energy before the before the hunt was announced, and during the hunt, and then thereafter, and there's an actual peak during those two hours of the energy shifting and the, what they call random number generators, which is the chance of probability, um, shifting from the norm of 50 So it's, it's an actual, you know, claim that we have been able to solidify um you know by doing such a tremendous thing together so if is out there and Europe the, you know, happens to be one of our weakest zones and i don't understand why but we have about 13, 14 teams out of canada we do have um, sixteen out of australia um Asia is offering us, I think, um, five, six tunes. And that's the same volume that we have in the UK. And with the history and the respect that Europeans have always had for the dead and for spirit and the spirit in incredible history, I would expect that number to be doubled. So I'm going to go out there on the board and say, if you are a ghost hunting team, if you are interested in joining up with the world's largest ghost hunt on September 29th at 3 o'clock in the morning. It starts um, on your end. Um, you will have an experience that you've never ever had before. I, I promise you. Um, if you wish to contact me, the best way is um, just send, uh, go to our website. It's the largest ghost hunt.com live just goes hunt.com you will see uh, my email there, communication forms, there's even a spot that you can actually register if you're interested, there's no fee there's no charge to register and hold the hunt and a lot of good money
0: returned back to you yes, I I, I think I'll look that up and i as I say, I'll probably join up but Mine would be on the podcast side of it, but I'm, I'm sure you won't mind that. No, oh,
1: my question. I'll tell why that'd be wonderful, because
0: you're a game to spirit as you tell telling stories. You're actually enhancing it, and I think that is so wonderful for you to do that, and I appreciate that. Well, I will share it with my Linker Chair Spirit Seekers Because I'm 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 the admin for their Facebook page, so I should share that on there for you as well. I'm sure there'd be a lot of British groups on there that'd be very interested. We
1: just got a team from Scotland today, so I'm very excited about that because we had not had Scotland join us until today. So um, we have one in Ireland, Scotland, we have about four out of the UK, and we have one out of Sweden. So that would be
0: very interesting, you know, how that works. Um, so uh, so we're very excited. Yeah, is there any other links you'd like to give us more? Um, you can definitely go and
1: give me a, a you know, like on our Facebook page. So drop in, you'll start seeing their banners there. We're getting them out there. Um, you can join our mailing list and you will be getting a list of, um, of places that you can visit if they're close to you and supporting National Gold Day witnessing first hand investigations that will be happening near them. If you're not able to join up because they're too far from you, we um, I encourage you to um, join us with our live streams. And if you are in our mailing list, you will be given a list of how to get into our live streams and, and the opportunities that you may be able to witness um, during the live stream. So yeah, and you become part of, a, can become part of, a, of, a, of the empire, that we're, we're creating it for that one day.
0: I like as I say, I like the concept. I really do think it's a very good concept. I appreciate that. I Mark. I appreciate that. Well I'm a great believer in you should if you think something good you should tell the people that it's good. Because we all like to know that we like to be appreciated sometimes.
1: Yes, we are doing it, human beings, especially when we try to do
0: good. You're absolutely correct. Well if you give good out, you get good back. Yes, yes, I've found that out. I found out if I do something not, not nice, I get that back as well. So I do know that a karma is a strange thing. Well I just like to say thank you, Mariano. I normally, I'm I'm going to give you a, what I do in my radio show is a a little bit odd, but don't worry about it, I normally just do like a, a, like a, a, a little song to sign off, are you ready? Maria for being on my show. I hope ghost hunting day goes well. I will look forward to the posts and I'll give you some ghost stories as well. So I'd like to thank you very much for being on my show and I'd like to say goodnight to ta and thank you very much. Um, I well, I
1: like thank you so much. It's
0: Sweet. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. Happy New Thank you
1: Thanks for having us again. There's no problem.